This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central at www.twitch.tv backslash Blanca OG. Hope you enjoy the show. for episode 37 of tailgate talks 37 straight weeks of us coming at you with the best sports news out there and i i hold that to a high standard i do believe it uh no excited to be here again another good episode for you guys nba playoffs have been a phenomenal show got a little bit of uh texas tech talk for you right before to kick that off uh do want to give a quick shout out while we're at it uh so one of the followers of the stream and close friend of mine Send us all jerseys. We're still waiting on uh, on the two to come in for Dustin and Brooks. But if you're watching on the live stream, this is kind of how they look. They came out amazing. They're really high quality. Feel really good. I'm hoping these guys get theirs before the weekend. I'm going to be traveling up to Lubbock to go visit them. So if you're listening to this live, I am probably on the road at the moment. Or if you're listening to the podcast recording. But hopefully they get theirs in. There'll be a phenomenal photo opportunity. Get all three of us together in our sweet tailgate talk jerseys but thank you jay jack that was that was an awesome gift very very cool present appreciate uh, that. very unique appreciate present. it um so um if you're not already make sure you do subscribe to the podcast if you're listening on spotify make sure that the subscribe button if it is, it is on itunes make sure that the subscribe you drop us the five star rating and you give us a good review down below the more of those that we have the better it helps us out in the future and uh you know the more it helps us out with pulling sponsors and stuff like that um, if you aren't already, uh, we are on Twitter at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram and Facebook, but uh, also uh, we do have our YouTube channel that we are we have been putting a little bit more work into. So make sure you head over to YouTube, put tailgate talks into the search bar, give us a subscribe, hit that bell notification. That way you can be notified every time a new video goes live. Uh, as far as our personal accounts, Dustin, you can find him at Dustin Wimmer twenty two. Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a one. And, of course, lastly, as always, uh, if you're ever wanting to send any sort of thoughts, questions, suggestions to the show, or something you want to hear us talk about, the email for the show is tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So, uh, let's go ahead and jump into the episode. We're going to go ahead and kick this off with some Club Red. <laughs> So, not too much to talk about here. Uh, so, we're going to be talking a little bit about, like, there's no breaking news uh, right now. Obviously, uh, baseball season's over. Uh, everybody else is in kind of the summertime off season. But to kind of bring you a little bit of Texas Tech content and to bring you a little bit of Club Red uh, content, we're going to be talking a little bit about Texas Tech football and where we're standing with it. Uh, we are less than 75 days until the season starts. So, definitely exciting, especially here in our little our little Club Red intro. Still gets me in that little hype uh, football mood where I'm just ready for it to be here. I'm excited for it. 
Um, so I guess, uh, Dustin, go ahead and lead the way. Uh, thoughts, feelings, what, what are you, how are you feeling about Texas Tech football about two and a half months out from it starting up? Yeah, we're two and a half months out, but all these guys are here and on campus and going to summer school, doing workouts. So it really feels like it's closer than it really is. And it's always just exciting to have, have it around the corner. Um, I'm just looking forward to having a new quarterback that is apparently getting a lot of hype, even though he hasn't played any games for us yet and have a new offensive coordinator and get old Sonny Cumbie. So hopefully those two guys can pair up and make us relevant again. Um, and hopefully we can be, be good and have a winning record. Um, we'll stay positive for as long as we can on here. <laughs> yeah. Gotta take it when you can. Yes. <laughs> We're, we're, we're holding our breath on the positivity thing, at, at least for a little bit. Um, so, Brooks, um, any thoughts or feelings? I mean, uh, what, what what are your expectations um, so far? I mean, I know it's like one of those too early to call things, but how are you feeling over there about the football team? Yeah, it's early, but I got to say, this is probably the best I've felt in a while about Texas Tech football. Um, I'm Usually, you know, my interest when I was younger back in the Leech days were always paying attention in the offseason, you know, who's coming in, how are the guys looking at practice, all that. And then over the last few years, it just fell off because it's just yeah. so disappointing. I just, ah, why am I going to waste so much time into something that's going to disappoint me all the time? But I really do feel like we've put together a squad that can maybe compete and maybe get our first winning record in quite some time this season, and that's exciting. It might be, um, you know, a low bar for it, but, you know, the way things have gone in the past, anything above 500 feels like a gigantic accomplishment. So um, I'm I'm feeling positive about it. Like Dustin said, we have a quarterback to be hyped about, I think, and What's different is he's actually played, you know, D1 college football in a power five conference before. So that that gives you a reason to believe that that can translate over here. So it's exciting. Uh, I'll be definitely ready for this season by the time it gets there. And I think doing this podcast adds a little bit more excitement, knowing that we've got to find (laughs) things to talk about. Right. God bless you. Thanks. I tried to mute myself and didn't make it. No, no, it was good. Yeah, you're <laughs> just getting all those old football demons out now. Yeah, uh, that's what it was. Like it's kind of allergic <laughs> to our topic. That's what it was. It's just, it's just uh, we, we, we've developed an allergy to this over over the past, uh, let's say, what, five, six, seven years? Um, no, for, for me, I, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think uh, realistically, expectations for me are okay. Sorry, positive vibes only. Okay. So positive. I'm happy. No. I, 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 I realistic expectations since this is like kind of Matt Wells chopping block year, I think that he does need to have an expectation of um, at least bowl eligible. I feel like, like I know that we want to shoot for plus 500 and we might be happy with that, but that is kind of what I'm hoping for out of this season with the Texas tech football team is just to see at least bowl eligibility. And then I think he'll, he'll be good and safe from there on. Like, yeah. But I, just, I agree. I think that just needs to be at least like, like something, so, something where you're at least bowl eligible. If we don't get picked or whatever, fine, I get it. But at least you were there, like something, yeah. so, something in the positive direction, especially with the what was it, the 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 firing of the OC last year. Um, 
I lost his name. Anyways, um, we don't. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I just it, it, it's kind of like one of those like traumatic moments that I blanked out of my memory. No, um, especially with him being gone, I, I just I I'm hopeful for this season, and I know that Matt Wells is going to be putting his best foot forward every single game because he knows he can't afford to risk it. So. That's kind of my standing on it. Uh, being two and a half months out, uh, the recruiting is looking good. Uh, team is looking good. Practice is looking good. I mean, I, I'm 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 looking forward to it overall. I'm I'm excited for it to be here. Um, so with that, let's go ahead and discuss our five week series that we're going to be doing for you guys on the on the in the club red. It's going to be each week we're going to each kind of give our fifth favorite down to our first favorite individual uh, favorite Texas Tech moment. So each one of us will have a different one. We will give you guys kind of what we thought was uh, kind of what, what uh, 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 I guess, a top five highlight in the Texas Tech program. Um, so, who, Brooks, you want to kick us off here? What was your what was your number five? Yeah, I guess I'll uh, get us started. Um, I'll go back to most of my moments are going to be personal moments that games that I was at and, you know, stick out, stand out to me. Uh, my fifth favorite moment, I'm going to go back to 2012 for mine. And me and Dust made a lot of jokes about this, our heydays uh, back in the Tuberville era. <laughs> there is like some posts on Viva the Matter that we're talking stuff, about. Not the heyday of Texas. Our Texas Tech heydays. And I was like, nah, 2012 wasn't necessarily heydays. Um, but October 13th, 2012, the first time West Virginia University comes to Lubbock, Texas, starting quarterback Geno Smith uh, led the Mountaineers into Lubbock for their first trip, and Texas Tech absolutely destroyed them. Seth Dagey threw for 499 yards, six touchdowns in the game. Jason Morrow had five for five, uh, five catches for 156 yards, a touchdown. Darren Moore, remember Darren Moore? Yeah. Uh, he had three touchdowns, 92 yards. And then uh, Geno Smith, only one touchdown, 278 yards. My memories from this game. Five I was picks. Sitting, Five picks. Yeah, he didn't throw any picks. No. No, he didn't throw an interception in that game. Pretty sure. You can go look up the stats on it. I don't think he threw a single pick in that game. Because I remember at the time, he was like the Heisman favorite. West Virginia was, you know, top five in the country. He hadn't thrown a pick yet. And we came up close like two or three times on him and didn't get a pick. Um, I remember dropping like two or three. But, you know, my memories from that, I was sitting there in the student section right next to the visiting tunnel. They had all the sheriffs sitting over there. Uh, Yeah. See, good memory here. You got Um, it. He went went (laughs) 278 with one TD and that was it. No interceptions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we were sitting next to the tunnel, and they're doing a pretty good job of not letting the students get in there and yell at the team. But I remember kind of when the game was decided, Stedman Bailey and Tavon Austin, their top two receivers, who were kind of shit talkers, um, were left the field early, and all the students, all of us, rushed to the tunnel. And at that point, this the sheriffs and the people watching the stands, the event staff were just like, whatever. And we all just in the tunnel yelling at him, screaming at him. And they just like ran off to the locker room. But, you know, a lot of memories from that game, the Geno sucks chants uh, were pretty good. They they were pretty loud. That was going on. Of course we had the streaker 
run on the field. Oh, and yeah. so the jokes about that where he, you know, still more yards than Geno Smith did. Uh, a lot of good moments from that game. We rushed the field at the end of it because we absolutely just pummeled them. It was probably like the last big win we had in Lubbock, which is kind of the sad part about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we haven't really beat anybody worth a damn since then. Uh, West Virginia did go on to lose like five straight games. So it didn't, you know, at the end of the season, it wasn't like they were a great team. But at the time, you know, being number five in the country, getting that win in the dominant fashion that we did and just watching Daggy throw for all those yards and touchdowns and then getting to rush the field. It was my first time rushing the field. So, of course, I'm going to remember that. Uh, I remember I had messed my knee up, so I was in my knee brace and they had to, like, help me get down over the uh, side of the stadium because my knee was messed up and I didn't, couldn't jump off. So I had my buddy like Brian and Mark helping what? me get over it. <laughs> yeah. I was, I had a messed up knee at the time. I hadn't had surgery yet. I had surgery like the next month or so. So that was my, that's my fifth favorite moment. It's kind of the one game in college that we won. That was big. You know, my college career, we sucked at everything. So it was a really dark time in sports. So we only had very limited moments to choose from in that time. So that's why I'm going with Texas Tech over West Virginia in 2012 as my fifth favorite Texas Tech football moment. I like it. Good story behind that, too. All right. Uh, well, uh, Dustin, what have you selected for you? You go, you go Arlie. You Me go. Go. I want to round us out. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so mine is uh, – <laughs> You know, I, I, I went to Texas Tech a little bit after you guys, so mine, unfortunately, was not in the best of eras for Texas Tech football. But um, this was this was very big for me. It was the uh, the the sneak play with Jakeem, Jakeem Grant that got us the win yeah. over, over UT was my fifth. And it was in little Austin. people, big world. What was the play called? Small people, big world, or little people, big world? I don't remember the play exactly call like was at the wrong time of the game. That's what it was. I mean, it's Cliff Kingsbury, but it was one of my favorite. It was one of my favorite plays to watch. Honestly, uh, I got it up on the screen if y'all if y'all are watching on the live stream. But it was it was just kind of like you just like the entire camera. Everybody's faked out, and then it was our first win in Austin in in what I think almost twenty years. Like it was just cool, uh, and it was one of my it was my fifth favorite moment. Um, I just enjoyed it again. I mean, this was during the Cliff era, so not the glory days of Texas Tech football. But definitely a really cool play. Definitely fun to watch. Yeah, we didn't have a whole lot of moments from that time. No. And that was one of them. Like Dustin said, it was <laughs> called a little too early because Texas still, I think, went down and scored after that. Or they, I can't really instead remember. Instead of running out the clock or milking more time, we went and scored and gave Texas a chance to go score and then kick an onside kick. Yeah. So, of course, Cliff messed up clock management by running a cool play. Yeah. But, but we held on. We got the win, so that play gets to live long in tech history. Yes, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it. Again, it was a small moment, but it was just kind of one of one of my personal highlights. Uh, I didn't have a lot of really really cool moments, like like uh, like probably about the ten yeah. years before I was there. So, all right, Dustin, let, uh, round us out. What is your number five? Perfect. I think Brooks knows where I'm going with this because I asked him for some information earlier. <laughs> but my yeah. speaking of Cliff Kingsbury is in 2019 when we fired Cliff Kingsbury from the football program. <laughs> Damn it. Damn that it. was a great moment. 
for me personally and for our university and football program because in his six years at Texas Tech, while he was a great beloved player and had great expectations, he flopped as a head coach at Texas Tech. He had a 34 and 36 record as a head coach. He had a 19 and 33 Big 12 record, which is horrible. His only winning record versus a Big 12 team is Kansas. And Rock yeah. And I mean, he went five and seven with Pat Mahomes when Pat had in 2016, when Pat had over 5,000 yards and 41 touchdowns, better stats than Lamar Jackson had the year before when he won the Heisman. And because we were five and seven, Pat got no love and went to become a great pick. Um, and then my favorite stat and why I left so many football games under the Cliff Kingsbury era, he was three and 30 went down at halftime and two of those wins came in his very first year. And one of those wins came in his very last year. So there was four years in the middle there where we were down a lot of games and we did nothing. And I left at all of those to go out and not waste my time watching us lose when we know he wasn't going to make any adjustments and it proved correct every time. So I know we're not like a better place with football, but it proved that like, he didn't care about defense. He couldn't ever get a consistent defensive coordinator. And that ended up being what got him fired because we couldn't win games because scoring 60 points wasn't enough when the other team's scoring 70. Oh, yeah. So, but glad he's doing well at Arizona. He got into a better place by failing upwards. But firing Cliff was Ridiculous. a great moment for me. I think I think you, you you have taken one of my top four, sir. Uh, that that was one of the ones that I had planned on. Uh, I wanted to use the rest of them on actual games and moments. Yeah, I was. I, I, was, I had I was, to get this one in there, and so I was like, do I save it for like an honorable mention, or do I just put him at the back of the line where he belongs? <laughs> I had my I had him a little bit further up. I think it's like I had him at like number four or three. I forget where I was going to put him, but it was up there, and I was going to kind of have yeah, my fun with so, it. I'm going to come up with a new one. Like, I bitched about our down at halftime record so much that yeah. it got Brooks to make a very detailed spreadsheet on how horrible Cliff is. He like jumped on the bandwagon pretty fast. I might add. I was always on the Cliff bandwagon. Talk on the anti-Cliff bandwagon. And so he made a very detailed spreadsheet of how bad Cliff was, and uh, it's amazing just to have all those facts and stats. So we don't have to argue with people. We just present facts. Yeah, I've like every record versus every single Big 12 team. I have every, you know, all his Big 12 games we lost when we were ahead at half, games we lost when we were down at half, games versus ranked opponents, yeah. um, which is also another really sad record. We didn't have a lot of victories against teams that uh, were ranked or yeah. finished up ranked. Against That's ranked the other opponents, key. Ranked opponents, 3-21. and 21. For yeah. Teams who finished ranked, 1-17. and 17. He also, got a lot of, he also got a lot of cheap wins against cupcake schools. Yeah, yeah. And, and and his reward for all that is <laughs> an NFL job. Is a way better job. Is a way better job where he still doesn't make halftime adjustments. All right, so but, yeah, uh, go ahead, but go ahead, go ahead. But with with all that, he has a lot of better people around him too. Yes. To, like he oh, actually yeah. has NFL defensive coordinators, and <laughs> he had. 
terrible defensive coordinators and staff and couldn't evaluate for shit here, but yeah. at least has people that are paid to do that at that level. So, well, and a hell of a, um, hell of a front office pulling really, really good players to that to middle. Yeah, of Arizona. that's you can't forget that because no, that was that the tale around here was, well, he didn't yeah. like recruiting. I was like, well, OK, so that's one of the main parts of your job. And you just get to write that off like, yeah, people. Yeah, people say use that as like an excuse for him. Like it's one of the main parts of your job. Like you, um, you can't just discount that. No, no that, that's literally okay. that's literally why this is a 360, 365 job. Yeah. Like that's part. That's why. Otherwise, yeah. it would just like, be feel like doing a podcast, but don't like I, I don't like talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I I like I like to to be around the sports. Um, yeah. No, it's him. Him gone from here has been a good thing, honestly, and uh, uh, I still feel like we're in better hands now. Um, so, uh, quick shout out to J Jack on this one. Actually, uh, she mentioned the we have we have ten track and field athletes going to Tokyo, I believe, for the nice. uh, for uh, for the Olympics, uh, Olympics coming Woo. around. So that's big news. We got ten athletes from Texas Tech going going into the Olympics this next uh next weekend that's awesome that's big time got to throw that in with the uh with the uh, texas tech news um well okay i think that's gonna kind of be our our number fives for this week so uh let's go ahead and we're gonna we're gonna jump over to some nba talk we got plenty to talk about there had an epic game last night uh this is our nba discussion All right, so uh, we have our NBA talk. Uh, Brooks is going to lead the helm on this one. Uh, kick us off, man. I mean, we had the crazy game last night. Um, what kind of happened for those that didn't see it? Yeah, so NBA playoffs, we are now in the conference finals. Um, the We'll just get rid of the Jazz right quick because the Clippers did that. Uh, and, you know, after going down 0-2, they won four straight games to – knock the jazz out and move on to the Western conference final since the last time we got, uh, talked to you. And so the Suns and Clippers have faced off Suns took game one. And then last night, and if you're listening to us on Friday, Tuesday night, an epic game two, one for the ages, one of the wildest endings you'll ever see. That was uh, a little bit of basketball and a lot of officiating, <sighs> but Let's kind of talk about the game real quick, and then we'll get to all the crazy stuff that happened pretty much in the last 20 seconds of the game. There was a lot going on, so we'll kind of break those things down and dissect each moment as we go through it. But the key stories of the game, we had the campaign game. Had <laughs> yeah, a, 29 points. Pop the campaign. All right. He had 29 <laughs> points, a career high in regular season and playoff for him. He absolutely was unstoppable. It was pretty crazy to watch them throw yeah. Paul George at him and it's still just blow right by Paul George. Uh, and it was an awesome game from DeAndre Ayton, who has kind of asserted himself as a pretty solid 2010 guy uh, in these in the postseason so far. And another guy who was picked before, Luka Doncic, who's having himself a crazy postseason and could find himself in the NBA finals with a few more wins. Yeah. So if you weren't watching the Tuesday night game, here's kind of how it all broke down. 
close competitive game throughout. We get down to the end. The Clippers had not led in the fourth quarter until a late block and transition basket by Paul George put them ahead. We trade a couple baskets and the Clippers find themselves up by one with a roughly 20 seconds on left in the game. We go down the court. Devin Booker has the ball in his hands and the ball is knocked out of his hands by Patrick Beverly. And a hundred times out of a hundred times, if there's not review, this ball is out on Patrick Beverly. Dustin, uh, you played basketball. You know this plenty of times when you're dribbling and somebody knocks the ball out of your hand, it's just automatically out on that yeah. person. Yeah. No question about it. Yeah. No but in this, but in this age of review where under two minutes, if a player asks for it, the refs have to go review it. We go and we dissect it to the very freaking last hair on his hand or whatever, graze the ball. And then it gets over changed and the ball's now in the Clippers possession. And I don't know y'all's opinion on this. I was pissed off about it. I think it's not in the spirit of the game of basketball. Um, I think the ref should just say, no, we're not reviewing that play. Every time that's out on you. If we're going to review that play, then let's review it every time anybody knocks the ball out. Let's just make sure we're getting every single one of them correct. Um, and take make these games, instead of like three hours long, ten hours long. Um, it's just ridiculous. I I, I I didn't like that call. It's not a basketball play uh, to go and review that. Dustin, I, as a basketball player yourself, where, where do you stand on this? Yeah, I wish they would have like discretion of we're not reviewing that kind of play. I know they're like everything under two minutes we can review. Like, yeah. Set a line like, hey, no, you knocked it out. We're going this way. I mean, it's, if it's not like close on the baseline and stuff like that, like, yeah, let's go move it along. But yeah. we'll talk more about that in a minute. Like review crap. But yeah. That play. Let's go. Yeah. I think there's definitely some things that need to be reviewed, but th- yeah, that's one of the ones it's like pretty clear every time that's going to be out on the defender. Let's just roll with it. We don't have to review yeah. everything. No. Uh, Arlie, any thoughts on no. that particular review? Nothing different. I, I, I'm I'm along with the same or in, in the same boat. Just move it along. Let's go, let's keep the play going, or let's just, keep the, let's keep the game going. Yeah. Uh, you, they're they're trying too hard to go in the direction yeah. of like taking away like the what, what what's the the baseball thing that they were using for a while, like the 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 nature of the game kind of thing. Like they're they're going too far in the other direction. Yeah, it's it's gotten to a point where it's too ridiculous. We're overanalyzing every little thing. And so that slows the game down for a little while. Clippers get the ball back with the one point lead. So Suns foul foul. Paul George put Paul George on the free throw line and a little Brooks stat for you today. Yeah, Brooks stat. <laughs> entering game, entering game two, Paul George went 0 for two from the free throw line. Just one time this entire season. He went two for two from the free throw line 104 times this season. And this was per ESPN stats and info. Um, so the odds of him going 0 for two from the free throw line were pretty crazy to start. And then Paul George in his playoff PP self goes 0 for one and then 0 for two in one of the all time ball don't lie moments that I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, what did y'all think about playoff P? Coming up short once again. 
I love, I just it. love that he had a great what game one and end of series against the Jazz, and then he's like redeeming himself, and then just to collapse again. Yeah, redemption Come back down to earth. <laughs> back down to earth and where where he has been for a while. So, uh, um, with him in particular, I. I want the Clippers to lose, and so I was kind of happy that that happened. But like, I liked him before he was at the Clippers. Like, I liked him as a player before he was there. But it's just, I'm glad that this happened to this Clippers team. Yeah, I've never liked him. He was on those Pacers teams that were always up against the Heat, so I never liked him then. And then, yeah. you know, he goes, he always just makes excuses for himself, or blames it on other people. Blames yeah. it on, you know, Doc Rivers last year. Blames it on other things. And it's like, dude, hey, it's two free throws to yeah. pretty much take oh, yeah. the game and you miss both of them. Um, you know, find somebody else to blame for that. I'll probably blame the amount of minutes he was forced to play or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But, of course, Paul George misses. The Suns get the rebound. Now we have about eight seconds left on the on the game clock. Plenty of time for them to get a shot off just down by one. They run a play. They get a wide open three in the corner for Mikael Bridges, who misses the three, bounces off the back end of the rim, and it goes out of bounds. And it's rolled off of the Clippers, so it's going to be the Suns basketball. So here, the Clippers signal again for a review, and so now we got to go review possession, and this takes another time out of the game, which also allows for the Phoenix Suns to draw up a play. They didn't have a timeout. So my question to you guys if I'm the Clippers in that situation, knowing there's only 0.9 seconds on the clock, do I call for a review there, or do I just try to get this play happen and like let it go? No, you got to be a. I mean, you would think Doc Rivers, being an experienced coach, would do that. Would not do that because no, oh. you don't want to give them a free timeout like that. They're, they're, they're like, that I don't care if it's, I don't Ty care Lou. if it's your ball or not. The Ty Lue, of, yeah. Ty Lue, sorry. I was still thinking Doc Rivers from last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. But still, Ty Lue, I mean, he's been experiencing big games. He's played in big games. You don't want to give them that. And the chances they get a random playoff in that point nine seconds successfully yeah. is very, very slim compared to, hey, let's let them draw up an alley-oop because that's all they can get, really. Yeah, and, um, and they'd probably um, think that, but I still think at the same time it was probably going to get reviewed just to make sure that it was off the right person and there's still like the, enough time on the clock. Maybe more should have come off, more shouldn't should have, but it was just another review that took a long time and it took forever. We didn't get any good angles of it, so it just goes to the Suns, and now we have 0.9 seconds on the clock and we have what is now termed as the value we've got an inbound pass from the corner jay crowder the inbounder deandre ayton goes around hits a back screen an incredible back screen by devin booker Booker. yes to free him and the perfect pass from jay crowder uh winds up in the basket from an alley-oop receiving in by deandre ayton that is a legal play, which the announcers were quick to point out, which I really did appreciate, uh, that on an inbounds, you can pretty much just put the ball right in the basket. It's not a goaltend. A lot of the Clippers players were signaling for a goaltend, but it was a legal play. Basket counts. Um, 
Demarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins, with a terrible defense on the play. What a waste of a seven footer! Like right. he literally just stood there for no reason. Gave like, up the clear no. path to the basket. Didn't guard the basket at all. Like over here, the basket's over that way. So I don't know Jake if he, knew what he was doing. I don't either. Yeah, show that video because this clip is amazing. I got it. I got. I got it pulled up. It's playing right how now. How close that is! Like, look at him. He's like, "Oh, I'm ready. I'm ready. Never mind. I'm not ready." He backs just, up. He backs up as he's getting. <laughs> yeah, maybe they maybe they told him to defend like the corner. Maybe thinking that Booker was going to go to the corner and they were just going to try a quick, like Derek Fisher or quick catch and shoot right there. But they completely abandoned the but back hey, screen. And, perfect pass by Crowder. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Almost almost on and in the rim, and an easy put in. All you had to game. do was just boom yeah. that. They could have made that with point three seconds on the clock. Yes, that's a ridiculous to execute and have that perfect of a pass. Pretty awesome. Well, so what in a crazy play. We're thinking it's a walk-off winner. Unbelievable. But no, more reviews yep. to come, folks. We got a review to make sure that there's still time on the clock, which it was. Only point two seconds came off the clock. We go from point nine to point seven. And then we've got to do an inbounds play. But also, we had just forgotten that neither team had a timeout. So after the basket, whoever was on the court for that previous play has to remain on the basketball court. So you got the Clippers, you got the Suns trying to get in substitutions. The refs have no idea what they're doing. It takes about 15 minutes to get it all sorted out just to get it on for them to throw that long pass to Paul George, which doesn't have enough time to get off. The Clippers amazingly lose game two in just a clusterfuck of an ending that had excitement and a lot of just boredom while watching these refs take the lead of the show. I tweeted out before the game started, Western Conference Finals game two starring Scott Foster Scott featuring Foster. yeah, with guest appearances by the Ooh. Phoenix Suns and the Los Angeles Clippers because yeah, so that's true. how it was. The refs were the star of the show last night. You know, uh, the, the teams were just there. You know what it kind of kind of reminds me of a little bit is whenever NFL refs take over the show too much and they're making too many calls and reviewing too many plays. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A little bit of that. A little bit of that touch is starting to hit the NBA. So it's just a lot going on. It was uh, – let's go ahead and hit Dustin's stat for you about just this last part of the game for you guys. All right, let's hit it right now. Take that for data. All right, Dustin, stat of the week, man. What do you got? So Brooks was able to sum that up in like three and a half minutes. But in real time, the last 90 seconds of that game took 33 freaking minutes for a minute and a half of basketball we sat there for 33 minutes and watched the refs look at a tv and figure things out there was as many reviews as there was field goals made five field goals was made in the last 90 seconds and there was five reviews i guarantee you those reviews took all the time Golly. <laughs> one of those field goals only took 0.2 seconds <laughs> that yeah but yeah you know, I, I just think if we're gonna have reviews I get like in the regular season, we don't have enough. They don't have enough people for this, but in the playoffs, they should be able to have somebody either at the table or upstairs to tell these refs like, Hey, here's the answer. So that way 
yeah. the same refs are not making the decision and it takes them a minute to get over there and they both watch it and talk about it and then a minute to come out and tell us what happened. Now we just wasted at least five minutes. Like have somebody kind of like the NFL does or used to do, have somebody in a headquarters looking at the TV cameras already. Yeah. And then by the time they're over there, it takes way it's less ruled. time to figure it out and they already have a ruling for them. Yeah, there needs to be a group that's overseeing this and that's making decisions as the time goes on in case of a review. They're like, all right, yeah, that was off the Suns. It's Clippers ball. And that way you're you're not hurting the product because, you know, I stayed up and watched that game and it was about like 1045 and I'm thinking, oh, I'm about to go to bed yeah. here. I didn't get out of there till like after 1115. Yeah. And, you know, most of that was the last 20 seconds that we just went through there where all those reviews were going on. They were taking forever. It was like you're trying to celebrate this awesome game, but then you're like, oh, there's still time left. Who knows what's going to happen? Scott Foster's the officially. They could call a foul and put freaking Paul George on the free throw line for him to miss two more. Who all, Who knows? It's it was stupid. just there's got to be a fix to the experience, the games in basketball shouldn't take over three hours. That was an over three hour game. No. Uh, that's absolutely ridiculous. Arlie, do you see any fix? What are your thoughts on 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 the an incredible end, but a, a ruined end because we're just getting the ref show the whole time? I mean, we, we kind of stated a little bit earlier. It's taken away from the integrity of the game. They're spending too much time uh, trying to. It, it's 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 in good conscious. To be, to be trying to make sure that we have the appropriate play called and the, that we have the technology to get these kind of plays right. And so that way we're not after the game going, oh, hey, yeah, they missed that one. But at some point, like, there has to be a time limit on this. Like, maybe cap yeah. them off at, like, two minutes and just be like, hey, you couldn't figure it out. This was the call on the court. Let's go. Like, like yeah. something, something. Something to move this along. Because them spending that much time to decide if it went off of, I mean, as you said earlier, went off of so-and-so's right knuckle hair uh, is, is wasting time. It's, it, and it's killing the viewership. I had I wanted to go to bed. Dustin did go to bed. And I'm sitting there yeah, awake sorry. at like midnight, like pissed off. Like, it's not helping them. It's not. Yeah, it's not helping them. I like that there should be a time because, yeah, if like you can't figure idea. it out, let's just go to jump ball. Let's If it's an out-of-bounds call, you can't figure it out in the 30 seconds, jump ball. Something. Let's get on with the game. We're just going to play along. stands. Play stands as you called it on the floor. Yeah, that's yeah. your job, anyways. Like that's like in that what they do like in, in NFL all the time is literally if they couldn't figure it out, then then they just say play or they couldn't have any sort of decisive thing. Then yeah. play stands as it was called. Just do the same thing. And but like if you can't figure it out in two to three minutes, you're not figuring it out. You saw the play ten different times already by then. Let it go. Yeah, we've seen every angle. Yeah. So it was a frustrating game. Sorry to slog through the end for you guys, but it was an important game and a lot of important moments. So we thought we would at least break that down. And, you know, we're down to two series left in this uh, NBA playoffs. So uh, we'll be kind of breaking down some of these games a little bit more if we have anything like that. But moving on for the rest of the series, news today came out that Chris Paul cleared health uh, protocols, the NBA's protocols. He passed his breathing test. So he is set to return for game three, which will be Thursday night. Um, Kawhi is still unknown if he's going to return. It does seem doubtful that he'll come back. 
Um, I'm done doubting the Clippers, though. I've done it twice, and they've immediately like come back and won both series. So I'm not going to doubt them, but I'm going to say that their chances are slim if Chris Paul comes back uh, and there's no Kawhi. Arlie, where are you feeling like this series is? I know you're pretty uh, anti-Clipper and pretty big-time son, so I'm expecting you to think this is a, a wrap. I, I still think... So uh, I'm I'm with you on this in in the lack of respect that that uh, that the Clippers have been getting. You just can't look over it, but you you can't undervalue uh, CP3's impact on this Suns team that is still can get a little bit shaky, can get, is a little bit younger, and so when he's on the court, I mean it's a it's a whole other roster. It feels like, and so him being there, uh, I don't want to undervalue the Clippers, and so I still think we're done in five. Like I think I still think the Clippers are going to take one of these and actually close one out, but I I, I still think it's four one by the time if CP is still still doing okay. I, I don't know how his health is at what percentage he's at. Like if he really did have COVID and he's got some lung issues or something. I haven't looked that deep into his return yet, but uh, that's kind of where my where I'm standing in is just his leadership on the court. It it, it big time swing in the Suns' direction. Yeah, Dustin, uh, where are you at on the series? you agree same. with Arlie? Or? Yeah, same thing. Arlie nailed it. I mean, the Clippers needed to go at least 1-1 here with Kawhi and CB3 both out. And now that the Suns held on for 2-0, I don't have much faith in the Clippers with Paul George leading the way for them. Um, so, And the Suns are so damn hot right now. I just don't <laughs> see them falling at this point. Like, I, I just don't. Huh. Why are you laughing at the suns being so damn hot? Yeah, it was. It was it, uh, uh, that was like a corny dad joke in my head. I'm just like, ha, ha, suns are hot. All right. Anyways, uh, <laughs> very hot. Yeah. Right now. Uh, very you know, hot. I, I, I want to be able to count them out, but we've just seen them come back from nothing two times in a row, where they just look like a completely different team all of a sudden after we bash them so i'm not going to come on here and bash them because apparently all they do is win afterwards right so they don't have Kawhi, but we've seen last night they lost that game but they did not have a good paul george game they did not have a good reggie jackson game they didn't have a good marcus morris game so a lot of their guys on their team struggled last night and you found yourself you had a chance to win that one mm -hmm. so it makes me believe that they do have a shot at making this a potential series even without Kawhi. i still have the suns taking this one but i'm just not going to be shocked anymore if we come back to phoenix and it's a 2-2 series i'm just not going to be but i'm also not going to be shocked if chris paul comes back and it's suns and four i'm not going to be shocked so I'm just going to leave the door open for if the Clippers do want to come back, I will allow it. You can. But also, if you don't want to come back, I'll also allow that. Um, I respect the hell out of you, Clippers, because <laughs> every what, time y'all make was, me eat it. What was the what was that? I was being like super like just uh, super monotone in our text messages. I was like, yes, I respect and honor the Clippers. Well, I, I forgot. I, I was saying yes. it like just like super just being obvious, but I was like, dude, I, yeah, I'm just not going to say like, no, they're going to get blown out because I don't want them to yeah. win this at all. Is that what just be my trying luck. to, yeah, just trying to you know, <laughs> be a little, a little, you know, just throw a little own. bit their way and maybe they, they'll be satisfied now because, yeah. you know, last week, go check our video out, video on YouTube that's out there. 
every single take that we had last week on the NBA was like just completely wrong. Off. Uh, we we're talking the Clippers off and then they go and just destroy the jazz. And then another series we'll get to here in a bit, but that wraps up the Western conference semifinals. We have an Eastern conference semifinals game. One is currently taking place. If you're listening live, if you're catching us on Friday, game one will be completed and game two will be tonight. Um, this one, we've got the bucks and the Hawks. Let's talk about the bucks real quick. They knocked off the Brooklyn nets, the prohibited NBA finals favorites uh, in seven games. They nets had a six game lead. Lost game or a, had a what? What am I trying to say here? They had three Lost. game to two lead. Yep. <laughs> they had a three game to two lead heading into game six. Lost game six, like we all expected. But then on their home floor, a big toe, a big foot away from knocking out the Bucks. Kevin Durant hits the shot that should have sent home the Bucks, but his foot was on the line. Instead, he ties the game. We go to overtime. We had an amazing Kevin Durant game, and we had an amazing Giannis game, but Giannis had a little bit more help from his team, yep. ultimately pulls out the Game 7 win. Dustin, your Nets, your title favorite, mm-hmm. failed to make it out of the second round. I think I know where you're going with on this, but what are your thoughts as their season comes to an end earlier than expected? Yeah, earlier than expected, but, I mean, they had a lot of – big pieces they were trying to put together and injuries that kind of derailed that a lot too. You see a lot of these super teams take off in the second year. So see them just replacing maybe some minor pieces around those big three, trying to keep it together and run it again, run it back next year. Um, Yeah. Disappointing to see them run out of gas. I mean, you could tell Kevin Durant was gassed by overtime of game seven. He came up with an air ball to, win the game at the yeah. end of the game that you never see happen is kind of shocking. Like that was a yeah, it was bizarre. So disappointing, sure. But now I mean I know our favorite, you know, NBA GM analysis is blow it up. Well I guess the Bucks don't need to blow it up anymore. Yeah. They can just roll with this team again this year, next year, and so forth, since they made the Eastern Conference finals and are going to get so close and maybe win it. I don't know, but this gives the Bucks and Hawks series a lot more um, competitiveness. I think I would say, and maybe hell the Hawks couldn't get to the finals against yeah. Bucks, but I think it's pretty even going into this. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to that one. We still got some goodbyes to say to another team in the Eastern Conference that, <laughs> fell, fell apart toward the end of the season. Bro, that was that was pathetic. Um <sighs> the uh, the Atlanta Hawks prevailed against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. So both game 7s were won by the road team. Interesting little mm-hmm. tidbit there. So the 76ers season comes to another just kind of embarrassing end which has become the natural thing for them. As of late, they fired their coach last year, brought in Doc Rivers. Things stayed the same. The other team that we got completely wrong on our YouTube video was when the 76ers had a 25, 26-point lead at the half and then blew it. Incredibly (laughs) blew it. That's hilarious. As we're on the podcast talking about how this game is going to be over, right? Later, we're all texting each other like, holy shit, the Hawks came back. Won the game. But 
the Sixers prevailed in game six to force a game seven. I'm thinking that the Sixers got this. They again collapse. Um, Arlie, where are your thoughts at with the Sixers into the season in a quite embarrassing performance from a guy that they claim is a superstar by the name of Ben Simmons? It's hard to it's it's really hard to kind of pinpoint it because I really thought the 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 Doc Rivers edition was going to be that 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 uh, push over the hump, um, but um, I think it's I think it's time to just move Ben Simmons, get him out of there. Like that that's that's been what they've been needing to do for years now. People have been saying it for years now, and I think this is the proof of it. Uh, you lost to a young and inexperienced Hawks team, and and a very hot one. I don't want to I don't want to kind of. Uh, downplay. No, yeah. I don't want to downplay their run at all because they've been they've been going up against some very good squads and and handling their business. Uh, but uh, I think that this should be the 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 scenario that they needed to move off of this dude. Like I'm sorry, but he's just not he's just not big time. He's not. Yeah. So so the Sixers blew an 18 point lead in uh, game four and then a 26 point lead in game five. That really put them behind the eight ball in that series. Ben Simmons didn't take a single shot in yep. the fourth quarter uh, of, I think, the last three games. Dustin, well, you, I know you mentioned before that you already yeah. didn't agree with their pairing of Joel Embiid no. and Ben Simmons. What do you think the chance? I think the chances are 100% he gets traded, but who's going to go trade for him now that he's just been ridiculed and we just saw him pass up a dunk in a game seven? Yep. Like this dude's got a, a mental case right now. I don't know. What do you think his team. trade value is? So to one, I've heard a lot of people rumble that his work ethic is trash. Yeah. He's not in the gym. He's not doing film. He's not getting a guy to help him work on his shot. He's not doing any of that stuff. He's just rolling with it. Like, so that's disappointing to hear when, you see a lot of young dudes like fixing things, breaking things down, adding to their game, adding to their game every year. Like Devin Booker, the last what two years has blown up because he's working his ass off to do that. Yep. Ben Simmons is doing none of that. So it's on, it's on himself. Um, oh yeah. But I mean, good. They're definitely going to move him. bad for the Sixers that, they took this long to move him. Yep. And now his trade value is deep, like crap. Mm-hmm. Good for everybody else that his trade value is crap, and he's going to be a little easier to trade for. You don't have to give up as much. But that's where it's going to be a problem is who can give up what to get him. I mean, yep. I've heard a lot of should he go to Golden State, who already has like two really good shooters and a culture, and he can just be another guy, and they can maybe fix him from there. I mean, you've seen, seen Markel Fultz, who was broken in Philadelphia, go to Orlando, and he's kind of back on track. So, I mean, he is still only like 24 years old. So, maybe somebody just needs to smack him upside the head and get him in a different culture and make him work and break it down and figure it out. But where they go from here, yeah. who goes for him to do that, I don't know. But there's definitely going to be teams that are like, we can fix him. We can do it. He's 24. There's tons of time to fix him. Yeah, there there will be teams. And I, I'm definitely interested to see who goes for him, because I do think there's a chance to kind of, you know, change his perception in a different city, in a different team. 
in a different scheme. He's with, he's paired with the one player that he shouldn't be paired with a guy that is a dominant inside player and Ben Simmons won't shoot the ball. They so both need he, the same space on the floor yes, yeah. right by the post. And that's not so, – Yeah, so time. it's never going to work, and they've never had enough floor spacers on that team to really make a difference. So it would be nice to see him on a team with a lot of shooting and a lot of guards that can yeah. he can create. Can create. They're not going to clog the paint for him, and he can go to work and then kick it to a wide-open shooter. So I do think there are teams that, you know – he could fit in with, and he could actually make a decent career out of, you know, this now, if he's in one of those teams and he's in one of those systems that knows how to use him and, you know, gives him a thing to work on his best strengths and doesn't take away from his weaknesses and things like that. But it is, I do find it just hard to believe that you're in the NBA where the goal is to score baskets and you've never worked on shooting. Like I just, at what point, are you going to have to start shooting? Like, when are you going to do it? Are you just going to try to get through your whole career without going through fourth quarters of playoff games without shooting a basket? Like, come on, dude. I mean, they have what one game with two shots and one game with one and five games with zero shot attempts. Like, and then the lowest free throw percentage ever in the playoffs, the lowest free throw percentage, like they were just hacking him and he goes to the free throw line and couldn't make anything. It's just embarrassing. Like you got to work on your shot, bro. Like at some point you got to add to your game. And so far throughout his career, he hasn't added anything. Mm. And so the Sixers find themselves out of the playoffs. I'm sure they'll be doing some things to blow that organization up, but that sets us up with the Bucks and Hawks Eastern conference semi or Eastern conference finals, just like everybody expected at the beginning of the year. Um, I think we bashed the Hawks at the beginning of the year on this. I know I did, thinking that they weren't going to be good. Uh, They weren't good, and then they fired their coach. They promoted Nate McMillan, and all of a sudden, they're a very good basketball team. So, Hawks, Bucks, to get to the NBA championship, where are you guys feeling that this series goes? Who do you think has the advantage? Do you believe that the Hawks could pull it off and make the finals? Dustin, where you're head at on this? This point, I'm like you with the Clippers. I'm not going to count the Hawks out at all. Yeah. I mean, I want to say, I mean, this is just you know classic like playoff speak, but like the Bucks experience is going to prevail and get them to the finals. But the Hawks haven't given a shit about that all year, oh. and especially in the playoffs. So that's out the window. I feel like and. The Hawks are fun to watch. I I will say that. I mean that <gasps> super white kid from Maryland. He's actually really Kevin Herter. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Herter. He had an awesome game the other night. But yeah, had a huge game seven. But um, I mean, they're fun to watch. But I think it's going to be a really competitive series and should go six, if not seven. Arlie, has um, your thought on the Hawks changed at all this season? Have you gained some respect for Trey Young? Um, where you, where do you lie with the Hawks at this point? Well, I, I think going into the playoffs, I'm gonna have to go back and look at some old footage of like when we first talked about it. But I was I I, I kind of thought that they were gonna be okay in that first round, and then they just kind of kept getting better. But I, I've um, I think his, you did pick them to beat the Knicks. Me and yeah, Dustin had the Knicks winning I, that series, I do but believe, you did have them. 
But uh, I, I didn't, I won't like try and lay claim to thinking that they were going to do this by any means. No, no, no. But I just thought that they were going to at least win the first one and uh, was right about that. The only kind of main comment that I have about this series right now, and here's why I do agree that it will probably go six or seven, is both of these rosters have about the same amount of conference championship experience. Not playoffs, because Milwaukee Bucks overall have been there the last, what, three years straight? Something like that, right? Two years? Anyways. Um, conference finals. The Bucks were in the conference finals to, like, the Raptors championship year. Oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, their two best players, Middleton and Giannis, have that experience. Brooks Lopez... But yeah, the rest of that team is pretty different. So there's, but Drew Holiday has playoff experience. So they've got yeah. dudes more experience than the Hawks do for sure. That's true. I don't know. Uh, I still think the Bucks are going to take this one. Uh, I, you're right to not try and kind of look past the Hawks. They shouldn't. Um, but I, I think they take it in six or seven. I think the Bucks are still the favorite though. They have a little bit deeper roster, a little bit more maturity still, and I, I think that just carries them on to the finals. Yeah, I think if I'm the Bucks, I'm kind of looking at this series like we just got past the toughest team we're oh, going to yeah. have to play uh, in the Eastern Conference. I don't take the Hawks lightly. I respect them, but I just think I think the Bucks are too much. I think Giannis is – I don't think they have anybody who can stop Giannis on that team. And I think their defense, their length is going to provide problems for the Hawks. Uh, they're currently up 11 at this moment in the pod, but I do have to issue an apology and this might shock you guys, but I'm going to apologize to Trey uh, young. I knew it. As soon as you said it, <laughs> I'm going to apologize to him. Um, I've been impressed and he's not a guy I ever thought I would be impressed with in the NBA. I did not like him in college and I did not like him his at the start of his career in the NBA. I think I bashed him at the beginning of the year saying Trey Young's not going to do anything this year. Like he's just a, he's just going to get a lot of numbers on a team that's going to be trash and all of that stuff. And he's played very, very good basketball. He's become a winning basketball player. And a thing I think that I've noticed, and he did this in college a lot, is he would just pull shots from half court all the time. Yeah. And, and it would just be a waste of a possession because it's an inefficient shot. Uh, and he would do that all the time in key parts of the game, and it's just a wasted possession. And he's not doing that shit anymore. Like, he's actually working with the other players on his team, creating offense for the other players, and it's not just the Trey Young show. Like, he's letting the other guys fill their roles. Yeah. He's not taking it all on himself, um, but he's making the plays when he needs to. He's become a very smart basketball player. And it's been impressive to watch. And as much as I love to hate on him, like you can't deny that he's taken a step this year. And I, and I've been impressed. So I've just got to admit it. I got to take the L on that one. Um, and you know, he's, he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch. <laughs> very, very much the case. I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. Honestly, I think uh, so much of us wants to not like him, especially going to OU yeah. and being, well, isn't he a Lubbock native? Like, well, his dad played at Tech, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, there was just a lot set up for him to go to Tech, and then he picks OU of all places. Um, but, no, you, you got to give the dude his respect. Uh, he, he's definitely earned it this year. Yeah, and it's just it's just been interesting to watch it because I never thought he could do this stuff. I always thought he was going to be the guy out there jacking dumb threes and taking 
inefficient shots at inopportune times, but you know, he's, he's really, he's really become a, a winning type of player. That's just not something I saw this early in his career. Mm-mm. So Eastern conference finals. I think we all got the bucks Western conference finals. We all got the Suns in that. So a Suns bucks finals is that what you're hearing from the tailgate talks crew, which I, I think so. would be the best finals in, in my opinion. Um, yeah. Moving on to some other NBA news. So we had a few things happen around the league. Let's get to those right quick. Last night was the NBA draft lottery, which saw Woo. the Detroit Pistons Woo. get the first overall pick and win the Cade Cunningham sweepstakes. Oh. Is rumored to only take one meeting, and that's just with the Detroit Pistons. So I'm assuming that he's going to Detroit. Houston got the number two pick. So cool. Cleveland. Nah, fuck it. I'm Cleveland good. gets the number three pick. Toronto. Sorry, Arlie. You still get a pretty good player up there mm. in the in the top in the top four. Right. We'll be interested to see where y'all go. And then Toronto had the fourth pick. Um, so that's kind of how the lottery played out. Played out pretty much the T for for a while. Orlando kind of got screwed, and I think the Thunder kind of got screwed. Um, but um Detroit, kind of boring number one overall pick. Like, I think Cade going there, it's good for Detroit, but I don't really see Detroit doing anything in the t- anytime soon. They're just not a good basketball team. A lot of money spent on dudes who aren't all that amazing. I don't know. Thoughts on that from either of y'all? I just hope that the Rockets, now that they missed out on Cade, don't go – like, I love Evan Mobley, the center for USC, but you can't really build a team around a center – Especially when you have Christian Wood already. Like, you got to go to Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs at one of those spots and get you a guard, especially with how the league is now, shooting-wise. Get you one of those two guys. Don't screw up and take Evan Mobley. Let him drop to the Cavs and waste away there. (laughs) Brutal. Arlie, where are your thoughts at with the Rockets getting that number two pick? Do you Um, have any preferences there? I still – no. I – there's just they 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 need so much right now, and I think their 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 office their 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 front office is just kind of uh, in a little bit of disarray in the moment, and I I don't know what their next step is. There's no like all time stars coming around. Um, I really don't know what they do now. So like them having the second pick, like Cade Cunningham. Honestly, even though I was I was annoyed and tired of hearing his name by the end of six six. Yeah, that. Uh, as as annoyed as I was by by hearing <laughs> his name, uh, I was just kind of like uh, it, it gave a little bit of hope or potential, and maybe there's something to build from there. And fine, um, but yeah. now with the number two, you don't know who they take. You don't know which direction they go. There's no big big all star player. You traded away like all of your potential all stars. Like so, like I don't know where they're at this year, and I don't know what they're gonna do, and literally everything's up in the air, and I have no hopes at the current moment uh, for the Houston Rockets. All right, yeah, no hopes. So no hopes. Honestly. it's all right. Still number two pick. You can still possibly get a really good player there. Yeah, yeah. In other news, uh, Lakers news last night: Alex Caruso was arrested by Texas A&M police. Legends. So just a little, a little, you know, Aggies treat their own their own NBA champion really well there. Uh, you know, that would never happen to uh, Patrick Mahomes on Tech's campus. We would let him go, Jared mm-hmm. Culver, you know, whoever. We treat our stars well here, I think. Uh, what the hell's going on there at a man? 
<laughs> hey, come on. Uh, legend. Come on. Legend. He's one of the dudes. <laughs> yeah. There's no shot. Like, honestly, like, you could catch Patrick Mahomes with an AK-47 walking down the middle of Texas Tech campus, hammered and high off his ass, and people would be like, oh, dude, you should you should not do any of that shit. But Caruso goes, like, yo, can I get a picture? <laughs> right? They would. They would. Can I get your autograph? Why, why do you have an AK? Whatever. Fine. Hey, uh, can we can we take a selfie real quick? Yeah, but so Caruso doesn't get the same respect, news. even though he's an NBA champion. Uh, NBA champion. A very good defender. Um, yeah, so I just thought that was funny. I had to bring that up. And then last, lastly, the Olympic roster was announced. So these are the guys who are going to be playing. For the U.S. in the Olympics, we've got Kevin Durant, Damian Lillard, Bradley Bill, Jason Tatum, Devin Booker. Then we kind of get to the other guys. Zach Levine, Kevin Love somehow is playing for the U.S. team. Um, Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Jeremy Grant uh, are the guys that are going to be playing and representing the U.S. in the Olympics. We didn't fare well in the last uh world tournament we got, got like fifth roster, place Arlie. do what you got the wrong roster Arlie. Uh, you're in the wrong year dog you're 19 yeah, yeah, you're yeah, on yeah. like everybody that was being considered or something like that yeah, you're probably in the player pool um but so yeah that's the olympic roster so let's hope they can redeem those efforts a couple years ago in the world tournament where we finished fifth and we're a pretty terrible team we got some we got some dudes on this one. Uh, I think last last time we played with like our C team, um, but having Durant and Dame, Bradley, Bill, those guys there, that'll make us pretty competitive. So, how, how did? Uh, but that you know, go ahead, Arlie. How did Kevin Love make it onto this roster? I have no idea. I have no idea. That's a weird but one. somehow he is. He got, the, he got the Carmelo veteran. Uh, <laughs> I guess right. Sure, they have to give to somebody. No, I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, there's I, there's I nothing. No I, I don't know. I haven't like. Anyways, all right, all right go ahead, Brooks. Sorry, I have no clue. But yeah, that wraps up our NBA talks for the week. That pretty much covers everything. So oh. stay tuned for more. Next time we might be getting close to the finals. So yeah, <laughs> no, nah, it's definitely good. I, I still love this meme of, of the uh, of uh, Swin Cash for the for the Pelicans. Wow. He was pissed, bro. Just straight up, like, just you, ah, you can see her face, like her you know, this whole. Draft. I love the reaction, but at the same time, I was like, "Man, come on! You yeah. couldn't have been expecting y'all to get a really good pick." Okay, come but on. in general, so I was watching the whole thing last night before that game. Mm-hmm. It was weird that they just did a Zoom thing with all those people. Anyways, like that was awkward as hell. A little, yeah. yeah. Like, don't even have them on, to be honest. Like. You know, it's tradition. In to have call, in call. Like, yeah, like just hang. Yeah, just hangs up on. Like whatever. That would have been funny if that she would have hung up right there. Opening the cards and the analysis, and that's it. Like, you're not even gonna have them there. Don't do the whole like Zoom BS. Yeah, just tell us. Just right. tell us. But I, I thought I thought the reaction was priceless. Like, and, and but it was like, it was genuine. Like she was genuinely like, all right, yeah, this this is dumb. <laughs> but she's got to be on camera anyways uh i, I just I, I thought it was funny i found the clip and i was like oh yes this is too priceless all right so that kind of wraps up the uh the nba portion of the show we obviously got 
plenty of uh, plenty of uh, playoff coverage for you guys coming around. Uh, we'll we'll definitely have some some video shorts for you guys on the YouTube channel coming around from that. But let's go ahead and jump over to shot bets. We're going to discuss our picks from last week, and we're going to discuss our picks or our our picks for games uh, coming up this week. This is Delgate Talk Shot Bets. We're going streaky. So, shot bets for this week. Uh, so last week, sorry, last week shot bets. We all bet on Game Six of the Bucks versus the Nets, and uh, we all took the Bucks on this one, and we all ended up actually. Winning the first one. Uh, the game was 104 to 89. The Bucks tie it up on this one. Tied the series three to three. Uh, oh no, wait. This is game. This is game. Uh, this game the six. Wrong game pulled up. I think I have the wrong game pulled up. I don't know. Either way, uh, we got the we we all got the W on this one. We all took, uh, don't have to take another shot for this one. Thank God. Uh, especially uh, Dustin's probably a little bit happier about that one because he's well during on a weekday drinking hiatus. He definitely sent a video, I think, over the weekend of a slight shot. But I think we can count that as one. I think we can count that as one on the weekend shot. <laughs> um, but that was the game one, uh, or the first shot bet that we had. Uh, again, we got the sweep on that one. Second game that we had was the 76ers versus the Hawks. Uh, game six, the 76ers won the game. And again, we all end up win the with the W. So the Tailgate Talks crew goes 6-0 and this week. Awesome week for that as far as the shot bets go. If you did place a shot bet and lost on any of those picks, this would be the time to go ahead and send us in that video, that shot, that picture, that clip, whatever you got. These are shot bets, so you are placing some kind of wager every time you click left or right on the on the uh, on picking a team that you think is going to win this game. So, um, as far as this week goes, uh, we're going to have uh, our first shot bet is going to be the Western Conference Finals game four. That is going to be coming up, uh, what is a, a Saturday night. It's going to be Suns versus Clippers at the Clippers uh, home court. Um, do we, uh, we we kind of discussed this where we're going to be picking these a little bit later, right? Yeah, we will pick them when the uh, tweets and the Instagram posts and stuff go out. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. With there still being games before that, we will yeah. delay our picks on yeah, this and the next game. Just so we can make a better live choice or pick yeah. based off of like, this way, like by by this game four, we'll be able to tell if the Suns are looking better with CP3, that kind of thing. So, and that way, you as the listener, while you're listening to this on Friday, that our shot bets haven't already occurred. So, true. that way, you can listen and be sure to follow us on social media to figure out how to vote on the shot bets. Um, the second shot bet that we're going to be having is going to be a Sunday night game. It's going to be the Eastern Conference Finals that is in between the Hawks and the Bucks. At the uh, at the Hawks, um, so that is going to be the second shot. But be on the lookout for that one. Definitely excited to see this series and how it's shaping up. A little bit more exciting than we all thought it was going to be. That's for sure. Um, but we will be discussing the shot bets over social media. So make sure if you're not already following us on all those social media accounts, uh, that'll be your best chance to get your shot bet in. So uh, with that, I think that does wrap up this week's episode. Uh, let's go ahead and. Toss this one over to Dustin for his final shot for the week. What do you got for us this week, man? 
I have a really exciting final shot. I got to tour, take a, a private tour of the oh, Womble right. Basketball Center at Texas Tech today. Um, somebody I'm working with at Tech, she's a women's basketball player, offered to take me and show me around. So me and my family got a little private tour. I um, had a men's basketball camp going on for little kids. But, oh, my God, that place. It's bigger than you think it is, first really? off. It's massive. Um, so we went in, we went toured the whole women's side of the facility since we had access to it. Got to meet our women's head coach and all the assistants Critical over there. They were all in their Montreal. offices. Sorry um, so we went through training room. The weight room is ridiculous and massive. Um, I put up a bunch of pictures on our Instagram page, Instagram story page, but the weight room is massive. There's two separate basketball courts, one for the women's, one for the men's side, um, that each have those massive LED screens on them. Um, Each coach in their office. So uh, Coach Krista let let us come. She invited us into her office. It was super nice. Um, They have a little balcony that looks out over the court so I can see the stuff and look out over if they need to. Uh, It's really cool. All the offices for the assistant coaches are dope. Um, everywhere I took a turn in a new room in there. I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. Look at that. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Like the stuff they have and the setup they have is second to none. I can't imagine us losing a recruiting battle over facilities for a long, long time. Very nice. Get your uh, friend that's on the team on the pod. (laughs) We might, we might have to do that. Damn. Yeah. Shout out, shout out. Khadija Faye for taking us around on the women's basketball team. That's awesome. She was awesome show us around. Nice. Cool. Khadija, come on, tailgate talks. <laughs> <laughs> Please. No. All right, Brooks. Uh, final shot for the week. That's awesome, though, Dustin. Honestly, that, that was sick. Uh, was cool. I, I saw all the photos, yeah. saw the videos you sent us. Jealous. That was that was cool that you got to go visit your own stadium or your own <laughs> your own arena. Um yeah. so Brooks. I hope they call it the Dustin. I, I hope it is called the Dustin. You'll make a lot of a lot of Dustins in our own happy. Uh, so Brooks, what do you got for final shot, man? I'm just going to go back to baseball and this pitchers and the sticky substance thing. I don't know if y'all are paying attention, but last mm-hmm. night there Thank was you for bringing this up. Oh, I did see there that. was some great videos. Uh, there's of course, one right now going on. There's one right now going on. Of course, there was a lot going on ever since the rule came in place. A lot of coaches calling for pitches to be checked. Max Scherzer looked like he was about to murder just about everybody in his pants. The ace pitcher, like, legit did take his pants off. Um, There's just a lot going on. You can tell the pitchers are getting absolutely frustrated by this, and I'm imagining coaches are, you know, you saw Joe Girardi get tossed from a game after him and Scherzer kind of went at it, so – um, I'm imagining this first week and next two weeks will be kind of interesting with all the checks that the umps are going to be doing, but I don't know. It's, it's annoying as a sport that's already slow enough. And then we're just going to add more things to make it slower, but it is kind of funny to watch some of the pitchers reactions to this. It's provided for some good jokes, uh, some good Twitter moments. <laughs> I said last week or week before when they came out with all this crap that, they just made rules and didn't think about it. Just cover their butts. And now it's like exploding on them on live TV, like every night and every game. It's ridiculous. 
you let the kids have chocolate ice cream and then when you tell them you can't have chocolate <laughs> ice cream now they're like what you the chocolate's bad for you and they're like uh, <laughs> i i still i don't know it's funny but like i i i think that so, something some kind of big change needs to just happen and they need to just accept it like I'm sorry, but if the batters can't be on steroids, the pitchers can't have rosin on their hands. Yep. So that's my <laughs> final shot. All right. Good final take. Good final shot. Uh, so mine, of course, uh, that has has been a weekly occurrence now, a weekly update for everybody, uh, because I I am such a massive hockey fan. Uh, I do mm-hmm. got to discuss it. Uh, my Montreal Canadiens. I, I believe Dustin has been kind of low key pulling for him a little bit now too. Um, I don't know. He, he said a little bit last week. Uh, but, I just like watching the games. I don't yeah, care. Who yeah. uh, uh, okay, fine. My Montreal Canadiens, Dustin's hockey that he's been watching. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they were uh, they were in Vegas. the The series was tied two two, and uh, they just they just uh, they 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 completely own the own the 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 rink on this one. They own the floor. They own the ice. This was impressive win for them. Uh, Vegas Golden Knights, basically, to, to kind of summarize their issues, is they don't know how to counter it. They've been subbing their goalkeepers in and out, like back and forth. They don't know which one to send to us. And uh, Montreal's just been taking advantage of it. And so they win the, the game last night. It was a lot of fun. Uh, the game before that, uh, since we are such a referee-loving show, uh, about a good 10 missed calls from the referees on the game, on the game uh, four. Oh, it was awful! Literally, like one of the guys from the from the Canadians got punched straight up in the mouth, two dude. feet two feet away from a referee, and he sees it, does nothing. Oh. Literally, straight up, it's like hockey, it, dude. But it wasn't like a normal thing. It was like out of like a, a little like a, the 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 whatever the parameters are for fist fight. Oh, yeah, uh, and then another guy got hit with a stick in the face. Like it's been it's been really like some some cheap shots from Vegas on this one, in my opinion. So. uh Montreal takes the win on the on the game game five. They go back to Montreal for game six, and uh, hopefully they close it out. They'll be playing tomorrow night. Definitely excited for that. Uh, the other part that I do have is just that uh, Cristiano Ronaldo makes the uh, or breaks the uh, the the uh, international men's goal scoring record uh, yesterday or earlier today. Sorry, it was earlier today. So big news there. He has a hundred and nine goals, hundred and ten goals in international competitions. And so he's the most goal scoring soccer player in international. Uh, yeah. oops, let's put that back up. So anyways, uh, that's Look all at the that- range of us. We covered women's basketball, hockey, and soccer in final shots. We did good. We're doing good. Range. We're, we're, range. we're, 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 we're sports fans. Sports. Uh, but, Oh yeah, very very true, J. Jack. They've been they've been extremely physical as hell, but like it's it's overboard. It's overkill what they've been doing in those in those games. All right, so that does wrap up the episode. Uh, of course, as always mentioned, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. Can't say that enough. Make sure you subscribe. If you're on Spotify, make sure you just hit the subscribe button. iTunes, make sure you rate and review as well as the the subscription. Um, but to, uh, if you really want to kind of help us out on the growth and stuff, obviously. Write in a good review. Give us the five stars. If you want to follow us on Twitter, it's at tailgate underscore talks. We are on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube as well. If it is on YouTube, again, hit the subscribe button. Ring the little bell so you'll be notified anytime we post a new video to that. 
Uh, as far as our personal accounts, Dustin, you can find him at Dustin Wimmer 22 Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. And me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is a 1. And, of course, if you have any sort of suggestions for the pod or any sort of uh, offers or anything like that that you want to reach out to us for, we have our email at uh, tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So um, I think that's going to wrap up the episode for us, guys. Obviously, it was fun. Uh, we'll be back with you guys uh, later this week. And uh, for those that are that are out there listening to this on Friday, have a great weekend and be on the lookout for the shot bets on social medias. Catch you guys later. Catch y'all at the next tailgate.